1: And uh, we have a great guest. By the way, check us out on AMFM247.com. Tune in, iTunes, and Radio Loyalty. And if you uh, would like to have a show on AMFM247.com, go to their website, AMFM247.com. Check it out today. Also part of the iHeartRadio Network with iHeart Media. And uh, today, a great guest joins us, David Michael Slater. He is with us today. He's a full time teacher and great author. And he joins us today here on our broadcast. Now now, tell us about this no-nonsense critique that aims at 25 ideas in education that just don't work. Tell us about this, my friend.
2: Um, sure. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate yes. your interest. Um, it's my first book of nonfiction, and it's sort of a, a tour through all the things that, um, I guess I could say, I, I that bother me about the teaching profession. Uh, I should start by saying I think that the American public education system is a heroic institution, and um, the fact that we attempt and think that we can um, teach every single child, no matter where they come from or what their challenges are, is, is really laudable. But I think there are just many parts of our system that that are in need of improvement. Now,
1: uh, we have got a great guest joining us today here on our broadcast. He joins us here on iHeartRadio, and... Uh Fantastic, fantastic guest with us today. He's a great author, David Michael Slater. He's with us today here on our broadcast. Now, let's take some of these, uh, and I want to get your takes on these. Uh, for instance, standardized testing. Give us your take on this.
2: <laughs> well, uh, let, let me start off before we get into any of the details by saying yes. that I wrote this book for for um, three audiences. Um, number one, other teachers. I think... Um, They'll find a lot of their own opinions validated here, and and the feedback I've gotten so far is just, you know, real gratitude for seeing their opinions as someone actually articulating them. Um, I wrote it also for just the average citizen who's concerned about education, who maybe knows that there are lots of problems, but don't really believe the talking points about, you know, evil teachers and and evil unions, and and they kind of want to hear, like, from an insider what's actually happening. And finally, um, lawmakers, policymakers, um, there's obviously 25 actionable ideas, but my biggest hope is that if they finish reading this book, it might occur to them that somebody should talk to teachers or listen to teachers when policies are made, because believe it or not, um, teachers are almost never included in in uh, education policy setting, so another one of the big points of this book is to address that this it's a real crisis in education. Teachers um, are fleeing. Excuse me, they're fleeing the profession. States are declaring emergencies because they can't fill their jobs. They have to fill them with unqualified teachers or assign teachers to the wrong subject. Uh, enrollment in teacher uh, learning programs are dropping dramatically. So. I predicted, actually, that these strikes that we're seeing, I wrote this book almost two years ago, and in it I said, I think we're rapidly reaching a point where we're going to have to face once and for all whether or not we want to make teaching an actually um, attractive profession. All of that is to get back to your first question. Standardized testing is one of the reasons that teachers are leaving the profession. There's nothing wrong with, in my opinion, the concept of a standardized test. They'll never go away because, of course, You can barely compare the results between teachers next door to each other, let alone across the country. So it's not that idea. It's the idea that we're completely obsessed with them, um, that we now view teaching really more of a science, completely as a science. We've forgotten that it's an art. And because we think it's a science, uh, we think we can test our way into um, progress.
1: We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. Also, iHeartRadio, AM, FM, 24 com. Tune in iTunes and Radio Loyalty. David Michael Slater with us today. His website and his great work are available at davidmichaelslater.com. We're Doing It Wrong, 25 Ideas in Education That Just Don't Work and How to Fix Them. This comes from Skyhorse Publishing, and he joins us today here on iHeartRadio. Now, this book, incredibly well written. Tell me a little bit about the writing process for the book.
2: Sure. You know, it was interesting. So, uh, I write all kinds of fiction. I think I'm a little bit unusual that way. Picture books for kids, an early chapter book uh, series called Mysterious Monsters out for 7- to 10-year-olds, a seven-book series for teenagers, a novel for adults. Um, all that is to say that I really like experimenting with you know things I haven't done before. And so that's what led me to give nonfiction a shot. Uh, when I started writing it, I, I was really not sure there would be any any need for it, because I felt like, well, number one, like I mentioned, a lot of my colleagues share these opinions, maybe they don't need to hear them again, and even more, it just felt like I was writing Common Sense, and it turns out that those two things are exactly what people are responding to, um, so I had a lot of good feedback early on, uh, some amazing feedback from professors around the country with, from a finished draft, and uh, so here we are.
1: We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live, David Michael Slater. He joins us today here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. Also, iHeartRadio Today and AMFM247.com. David Michael Slater with us today. He offers well-thought-out solutions in his latest release, We're Doing It Wrong, 25 Ideas in Education That Just Don't Work and How to Fix Them. He joins us today here via the magic of Skype Audio. Now, what kind of reactions have you been getting to the book so far?
2: Well, teachers are telling me that they're just they're thrilled that somebody is actually saying what they, have, what they think. I mean, I, I don't want to claim that every single one of my, my thoughts and opinions and solutions are, you know, universally embraced, but the feedback I'm getting is just, from teachers anyway, is that, the, that they've been waiting for something like this to come along. Um, great feedback from um, just citizens, parents, <laughs> something kind of amazing happened um, a couple... Weeks after the book came out, uh, a couple of students and a bunch of parents crashed the uh, school board in my area, and they made the school board listen to um, several chapters of the book. And I guess the the third leg of it is the it's it's going to be used uh, in in an introductory teaching class at University of Nevada Reno this fall, and we've gotten requests from just top education departments around the country. So so it's just thrilling that that it's. The book, people are reacting well to the book, but I'm especially gratified that kind of all three of my audiences uh, are, well, uh, haven't heard too much from education policymakers, um, but one promising, uh, promising event was that a state board member here in Nevada actually was at that school board meeting that the kids and parents crashed and he got in contact with me and he, was, uh, he reacted really positively to the book. It's really not a book that's attacking anybody. Um, like I said, it's just uh, from my, my point of view, uh, things we can be doing better with some common sense.
1: David Michael Slater joins us today here on Skype Audio to discuss a fantastic book. It's called We're Doing It Wrong, 25 Ideas in Education That Just Don't Work and How to Fix Them. He joins us today here on the big program here on iHeartRadio and AMFM247.com. Now, give us the profile of the typical
2: reader who's going to love your book. Um, If you're a teacher, um, I think... I don't know if that's going to be the primary audience, but I think teachers are going going to be thrilled with it. Um, so far, so good. And, and, again, I think just an average citizen who wants an insider's view of what's going on, um, that just sort of is not impressed by the sound bites and the hashtags, uh, solutions um, that are floating around the media, I guess that's another one of the major points in my book is that there is no simple solution to any of these problems and that anybody who can fit their solution on a bumper sticker is probably, you know, selling you something.
1: We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on Skype Audio, David Michael Slater. He joins us today here on AMFM247.com. Also, iHeartRadio, he has got a fantastic book. This thing is absolutely amazing. We're doing it wrong. 25 ideas in education that just don't work and how to fix them. And he joins us today here on a broadcast. Talk to us about teacher evaluation practices.
2: Sure, I don't usually get that question because usually it's just teachers interested in that one, um, but they're they're problematic. Um, teachers, I, I don't know where to begin. There's so many problems with it. Um, first of all, sort of relating back to my major point about why so many teachers are leaving the profession, um, and a lot of a lot of the chapters in this book address that from different angles, and this is another one where teachers are they they they're evaluated often by what we call in, in teaching a drive by evaluation. And this is where somebody from the district office pops into your room, uh, knows nothing about what you're teaching, nothing about the circumstances, the kids doesn't know what your goals are. Is in there for 20 or minutes, maybe it kind of checks boxes that you're doing trendy things. Like you have the right thing taped to the wall. Um, often, often this evaluator has never, never taught a day in their life. Um, So that's one factor. Uh, Sometimes you are evaluated by your local administrator, but they're swamped and they have to do tons of them all year long. They don't have a lot of time to give you proper feedback. Um, So what I propose really is honestly somebody, it should be somebody's job uh, in each building that that spends their time observing teachers, building kind of a portfolio and um, speaking to all the stakeholders, the kids, the parents, Um, So they can really genuinely help teachers improve.
1: We've got a great guest with us today. He has a no-nonsense critique. It takes aim at 25 ideas in education that just don't work. And the author with us today, David Michael Slater, he has a fantastic book out there. This book is absolutely amazing. Uh, He has done a lot of research and put a lot of time and effort into this book. Now, uh, give us your take on helicopter parents, my friend. Yeah,
2: um, this is... Definitely not the, one of the biggest problems. Uninvolved parents are a much bigger problem, but this is a kind of a cultural trend that teachers are seeing the, the effects of, and that's, that's the, the tendency to, um, to, to be too involved in your kid's education um, to the point where, you know, I, I'm sure we've all heard about the parents who overschedule their kids every minute, um, but what teachers sometimes see is parents that are just afraid to let their children have any struggles, I think it, culturally speaking, we've we've taken the self-esteem movement, which is a good thing, uh, because understanding that good self-esteem is helpful to, to be a functioning adult is a good idea. But we've somehow taken that so far that we've come to believe that um, failure it should be avoided at all costs, rather than understanding that failure is actually part of success. So we do have we do have a trend where parents will do too much work for their kid, uh, the kid will have to check in with them for any decision they make. It's called overparenting, really. And there really actually are some dramatic results. Studies are showing that, the, that what happens is you have a kid with uh, higher-than-normal anxiety who's afraid to take the risks that are associated with real learning, sometimes even depression. So I, I do think it's a big enough problem that parents need to be educated about um, not letting their kids struggle.
1: We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast here on Skype Audio, David Michael Slater. He's with us today. He's talking about a no-nonsense critique. It's taking aim at 25 ideas in education that just don't work. It's part of a great book called We're Doing It Wrong, 25 Ideas in Education and How to Identify Them. And uh, he joins us today here on Skype Audio. Class sizes. Give me your details on this, my friend.
2: Sure. See, this to me, I think anyone in the audience is probably familiar with the kind of constant fighting about this issue. Um, <clears throat> to me, this is the biggest like, head-scratcher. Uh, it's easy to find an important study. You can get online and find a study that says class size doesn't matter, and you can easily find a study that says class size do matter, but no study that I have ever seen actually evaluates the real issue. So let me put it this way. Um, I think that if you doubled my class size, I would probably work twice as hard and maybe produce the same or similar results enough for somebody to conclude that my class sizes don't matter. But check in with me in a couple, two, three years, what you're going to find is that I'm gone because I'm burned out. And, and that to me is the, the, the only really important point, that if you talk to teachers – they will tell you that large, these, I don't know if you, people understand that there are classes with 35, 45 kids in them all over this country, and there is no way the teacher can, can do their best work or last very long. I mean, teachers, according to the study you see, we're losing teachers by their fifth year between 20 and 50 percent. That is no way to build a master teaching workforce. <laughs>
1: It is a great guest with us today, David Michael Slater. He's a prolific author, and he joins us today here in our broadcast. He's a full-time teacher as well. Slater offers well thought out solutions in his latest release, We're Doing It Wrong, 25 Ideas in Education that just don't work and how to fix them. And he joins us today here on iHeartRadio and AMFM247.com. Now you were talking earlier that uh, helicopter parents are not quite the biggest problem. It's uninvolved parents. I want to go back that back to that point. Give us some details on that my friend
2: yes um yeah i say in the book that if helicopter parents were actually our biggest problem then we'd be in a we'd be in a good place um by far the the bigger problem is how many parents have want nothing to do with their kids education um and i I don't mean to say that they don't want their kids to learn um so actually let me take that back they want nothing to do with their kids schools and there are many different reasons for this um But now, you know, it's funny when I do these interviews, I I find myself saying the biggest problem like three or four times was referring to different problems. Um, I think here's the real biggest problem, and in some ways it makes me feel like my 25 chapters are all kind of akin to um, that expression, uh, rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic, because poverty is the issue. Of our time, it's the ethical and moral issue, and it is by far the reason why our schools are struggling beyond any other reasons. and the the problem is schools can, of course, contribute to to uh, diminishing this problem. But in truth, the the egregious um, income inequality in this country, and we maybe it's a shock to your audience, but they should know that fifty percent of the American public school children are qualify as for free and reduced lunch. Fifty percent. So we have all of these kids coming to school with all of the myriad struggles associated with poverty. And it's just it's a dramatic uphill battle. You know, in nineteen fifties the famous psychologist Abraham Maslow said that people cannot tend to their higher needs until they have their lower needs, you know, physical needs, food shelter, love, if those are not accounted for, they can't focus on their higher needs. So th- that, in a nutshell, is our problem. And to get back to your actual question, I think, in my opinion, that we have so many parents struggling um, just to to keep their families afloat that they are uh, unable to, to give the kind of support that kids need. Um, and I, like I said, this problem cannot be solved by teachers or schools alone. We're going to have to really... Take a look in the mirror as a country and decide um, whether we can tolerate sending so many kids to school um, with such, a, you know, with such an uphill battle from day one.
1: We've got a great guest with us today, David Michael Slater with us today, full-time teacher, prolific author. He has got a fantastic book, We're Doing It Wrong, 25 Ideas in Education That Just Don't Work and How to Fix Them. He joins us today here on Skype Audio. Now, uh, you were talking a little bit there about poverty's effect on some of the various things. Um, talk to us a little bit about a, a hot topic that a lot of folks uh, are are dealing with in in the school system, anti-bullying programs, anti-bullying. Talk to us about that world, my friend.
2: Yeah, I've got a kind of unconventional solution, but I guess my problem, the ideas that I'm claiming don't work with bullying programs is, well, first of all, Millions and millions of dollars are spent on them, and there's very little evidence that any of them make any difference. And there's some evidence, at least in some cases, where they seem to have back, they seem to backfire. Um, but more specifically, I have a problem with the, there's many bullying programs that sort of imply that it's the victim's job or responsibility through either. I don't know, firm talk or humor or whatever the case, it's somehow their responsibility to diffuse the situation. I have a big problem with that. I have an even bigger problem with these programs where the bully and the bullied um, have to, they're kind of forced into a mediation session and there's no choice but to accept an apology. Some programs go so far as to say they have to be friends. befriend your bully. (laughs) I have a problem with all of that. Many of the programs um, will not... I certainly don't advocate violent um, self-defense, but I certainly do advocate it when it is absolutely necessary and there's no other choice. And there's many programs that, that won't even acknowledge that. So I don't like what I see out there with these. But as far as my solution is concerned, uh, I just noticed that every one thing we all agree on is we know where bullying occurs, so leaving out cyberbullying as a separate issue. But we know where it occurs. It occurs in the halls. Uh, where there are no adults, in the bathrooms, under the bleachers, wherever there are no adults. So it seems to me that that is where we can intervene. So my suggestion, which, uh, you know, would be kind of a radical change, is I think we should fill our schools with adults. Maybe they're retirees. Um, Volunteers. I just feel like it would change the cultures of schools in many ways, but it would also just have an adult present everywhere, so these kind of isolated pockets where the bullying occurs, just that they wouldn't exist.
1: We've got a great guest with us today, David Michael Slater. He's with us today here in our broadcast, full-time teacher, prolific author. He's got a fantastic book, We're Doing It Wrong, 25 Ideas in Education That Just Don't Work and How to Fix Them. Tell us a little bit about writing profic- proficiency,
2: my friend. Okay, well, this one's close to, close to my heart since I'm a writing teacher. I'm an English teacher. Um, So the problem is we have every single year, uh, college instructors kind of turn to the high schools and say, what are you doing? Like the the students that you're sending us can't write. And I don't mean like can't write to a college proficient level. They can't write to any proficient level. So colleges have to, um, all over the country, they have these remedial courses, which don't even give college credit because they're not college level classes. Um, kids can't write and, and the answer to me the reason is is super obvious that nobody really teaches writing and that is because english teachers do not have the time uh, it takes me so i put in this the time but i i can't i can't really expect anyone else to do this unless they were so driven um, but we my students write a bunch of essays every quarter and it takes me 10 to 15 minutes to give them feedback So basically, uh, a short answer here is that I lose multiple weekends, all weekends every quarter. Um, That's just not a sustainable practice. So what happens is English teachers try to teach a reading by just assigning paragraphs or assigning essays that only other kids read, or of course, we're um, buying these deprofessionalizing programs that claim, computer programs that claim to be able to give quality feedback on an essay. So it's really a disaster, and, it's, and the solution is tied into, you know, class sizes. And, and uh, actually, a lot of schools used to have a writing class separate from English class, so that's a good idea. But regardless, we have to give English teachers the time uh, and the room to be able to, to actually give personalized feedback on student writing because that's the only way kids learn to write.
1: We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on Skype Audio, David Michael Slater. He's a prolific author. He's also a full-time teacher. And he's got a fantastic book, We're Doing It Wrong, 25 Ideas in Education That Just Don't Work and How to Fix Them. He joins us today here in a program here on iHeartRadio and AMFM247.com. Now, uh, curriculum goals. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about this, my friend. Sure. um
2: Sure. so back to one of my larger points of the book, which is why teachers don't seem to really want to teach or be in the profession anymore and, and why we're rapidly reaching a crisis point. Um, I, I think, so obviously salaries are a key issue. Um, you know, we see all these stories of teachers working multiple jobs. And on these giant teacher strikes around the country, of course, salaries makes the headline. But salaries have never been good for teachers. Um so I honestly don't think that that's the tipping issue um, I don't wanna, I don't want to um, downplay it because it's critical but I think the, that the tipping point for teachers nationwide is the slow deprofessionalization of this profession I mentioned that we only see teaching as a science now and teachers understand that it's science but it's more of a and that art um, teachers teachers achieve that that ability to, to teaching to teach like artists when they're allowed to teach from their passions. And we're squeezing that out of the profession. And one of the ways happening is by our obsession with sameness. Teachers everywhere have to teach the exact same curriculum with the same materials. Um, they have to give the same tests. Um, often, I don't know if your audience knows this, but there's a trend now to require teachers to read from literal scripts. I mean actual scripts. So their, their function as a teacher is to read word for word the lesson plan, regardless of who's in the room or how they react. So what I believe, and I think what good teachers know, is that what we should share is our goals. And how teachers reach those goals, that's their art. And we're going to have to bring that back, I think, soon before we lose, uh, we lose all the teachers who have any kind of passion for the job.
1: We've got a great guest with us today here on Skype Audio coast to coast to border to border on iHeartRadio amfm247.com tune in iTunes and radio loyalty David Michael Slater with us today he has we're doing it wrong ideas in education that just don't work and how to fix them and he joins us today here in our broadcast he's a veteran middle and high school teacher who was named educator of the year in 2012 by the city of Beaverton Oregon and his website davidmichaelslater.com that's davidmichaelslater.com now um, this this book, like I mentioned, incredibly, incredibly well-written. You've put a lot into this. Um, what do you want readers to take away
2: from your writing? Um, well, a couple things. I I want teachers who read it to feel um, validated, that there, there are people out there that uh, understand what they're thinking. Um, I would like your concerned citizen to kind of get a much more realistic picture, of because they're definitely part of the solution. And I would like, of course, lawmakers to include teachers in any kind of decision-making. Um, I want to take this conversation further than the book. So we've launched um, www.we'redoingitwrong.com which is a blog and podcast. And at the blog... We're publishing just thoughtful pieces by anybody who submits to us that has, um, you know, insight about education, just short pieces. And on the blog, we're getting national experts on various topics in education that um, are kind of willing to do this sort of long-form, free-form conversation like you and I are having, which I think are are the best ways to to come up with um, good ideas. Fantastic. Well, you've put a lot of time
1: and effort into this book. We have got uh, David Michael Slater with us today. He offers a lot of well-thought-out solutions in his latest release, We're Doing It Wrong, 25 Ideas in Education, that just don't work and how to fix them. And he joins us today here on Skype Audio, here on iHeartRadio, and AMFM, 247.com, TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty. Check out DavidMichaelSlater.com for more information. And uh, before we let you go, uh, how do people find you on social media if they want to connect with you that way?
2: Um, that would be wonderful. So you can find me through my website, www.davidmichaelslater.com. You can get me, um, at, what is my Twitter? d uh, DMS author is my Twitter. Um, yeah, but most of all of my social media handles you can find on the website.
1: Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you making time for us today. And, uh, thanks for coming on the program. Appreciate it, my friend.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. I just appreciate anyone who wants to talk about education.
1: Definitely. Well, we definitely will be uh, back in touch with you because I would love to have you back and uh, do a little bit more uh, chatting with us about education. So I will be in touch, my friend. Have yourself a wonderful holiday weekend.
0: You too. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you, my friend. There goes David Michael Slater. We are going to take a